Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Surf Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Florida Surf Film Festival. I'm your host, John Brooks. Along with me is co-host Kevin Miller. Hey, John. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Hanging in there. I just had an enjoyable chat with uh, Mr. Balaram Stack. Yeah, yeah. This was really cool. Um, if you'll remember, uh, for you longtime listeners, uh, we just had uh, Ben Gulliver, a filmmaker extraordinaire from Canada, on a couple weeks ago. And uh, Ben has worked closely with Balaram on several projects, including his award-winning feature film, The Seawolf. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that was a three-city tour that we did with Ben, and of course, Balaram was heavily featured. We we got to even meet Balaram back in, I think it's December December of 2019 on the North Shore. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Ben uh, had a great suggestion that we uh, have Balaram on the podcast, and uh, he facilitated that introduction uh, for us. And uh, Ben, uh, or Balaram, sorry, was uh, gracious enough to join us from California via Zoom right before he uh, jetted down to Mexico for that last pumping south swell. Did you know anything about Balaram before the interview, really? I knew a little bit about him. I knew he's the arguably the most famous surfer to ever come out of New York. Maybe Ricky Rasmussen would be up there, too, for yeah. old-timers. But, um, yeah, the current generation, Ballroom's the guy when it comes to New York City. And uh, big barrels, big airs. His name is the coolest name you could ever have for a surfer or an extreme yeah. sports guy. Yeah. it's. I don't know how this guy doesn't have his own – his name should be on 
I'm not saying he should make his own brand. Well, after but, this podcast, he's going to blow up. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but uh, it was great chatting with Ballerum, and Ben joined us too. And uh, little side note, that new song you heard on the introduction, that's all Ben Gulliver. Uh, my man agreed to get into his beat laboratory, and after he said, don't, don't touch my fucking drum set, he said, <laughs> I'm going to make a song for you guys. So, yeah, we're super stoked on that and uh, super stoked to have a chat with Ballroom. What a gift. I mean, bringing the West Coast and the East Coast together, one of the things about Ballroom that I like is he's the first person we've talked to with, like, true East Coast grit. Yeah. You know what I mean? He has been through the East Coast, whatever you call it, uh, you know, I can't think of the word. But anyway, he's been through it. You can hear it in his voice. You can hear, like, the way he was brought up. Um, it just brings East Coast, and I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And uh, he, he was very genuine and uh, open with us, and uh, he shared some great adventures from uh, his travels over the years. And uh, we also talk about his upcoming project that he's working on with Ben uh, called Hail Mary. And uh, not to steal it, too much thunder from that, but – it, it's based after his mom. His mom's name is Mary, and he calls his first feature film Hail Mary. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, exactly. So, I can only assume all of our listeners listen to the Ben Gulliver podcast. Yes. And therefore are fully educated on the title's origin, which probably two people might yeah. qualify for. <laughs> not, not kidding, though. It was a great talk. Um, good way to break up the afternoon. We'll go ahead and air it for you now. You know, like I, I played baseball, I played hockey, and I surfed all at the same time at one point, and then I broke both my ankles uh, skating within three months of each other, oh. and I couldn't go to hockey practice, and I couldn't go to baseball practice, and I couldn't surf, obviously, but the practices caused me to weed out those sports, and I basically, uh, surfing was always like even though everything was involved and I was kind of putting time into everything, like surfing was obviously the, the, the scapegoat and like the, the main obligation. And sure. That soon took over easily. And then, uh, and then, yeah, they kind of kept going up from there, but yeah, as terms of like being a pro surfer, it was like, that was, that wasn't in the, in the thoughts, you know, kind of ever, it was like, I just want to be able to get good waves and be a better surfer and, be better than my friends at home and that's like kind of like how I guess it started nice now was there ever a decision um, at any point in your life where you were like you know what I'm not going to focus on like the QS and contests I'm I'm going to focus more on just getting good waves getting coverage getting footage and, and doing that because you you do surf some contests but primarily you're you're more working on getting content correct yeah yeah i mean over the last i don't know like i want to say like almost five years or something like that it was kind of like it's it's definitely a lot more getting good waves and getting video content and photo content and i I was lucky enough to kind of leave the contest uh like the full-time qs thing while you're still trying to get shots for the magazine so that provided a lot of opportunity to build i don't know get some shit going before without uh social media and 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 all the shit that you do now but 
Um, but uh, it was, there was like, I don't, I don't know if there was like a one year that I like really stopped doing condos because I kind of like just weeded them out and started doing the ones that had better waves and then ended up being like only two contests a year now. And uh, the QS thing was epic though. Like I was able to go around the world with this crew of like six or eight of my friends and whether we were making heats or not, those were some of the fucking funnest trips I've ever had. So yeah. It, it was cool to go from and then at the same time we were doing those qs's that, that same crew would be able to go and, and get firing waves in between the heats or in between the events and um and uh we, yeah it was just a good time where everyone was kind of always moving around and stuff but as soon as like i don't know they, it it kind of like the, the there was a couple opportunities to get, to get really good waves and i had to make the decision of doing the contest or getting these waves and trying to get, make an edit or a photo or something you know so once those decisions kept coming up, it was kind of like leaning towards getting waves because I wasn't doing great on the QS and I was having a good time, but it wasn't benefiting me like, you know, these other trips can. So sure. I was able to uh, kind of weed it out that way and start start uh, doing more free surf trips. Nice. Yeah, I always feel like, I mean, it's hard with the QS because they they have the majority of the events in pretty average waves. Yeah. So that that'd be an easy decision for me too. Um, yeah, I did a few. Yeah. Um, I, I did a few like QS events um, back in like the early '90s uh, when it like California had its own kind of legit tour with like the Clarion tour, the Panasonic tour, the Bud tour. It was called a different thing every year, but you could right. you could surf six events a year in California. But again, they had them at the worst waves. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it's like with all the good waves in California, you're going to have a contest in Pismo beach, you know, no offense, Pismo beach, but <laughs> come on, you know, yeah, no, yeah I can, I can imagine that'd be an easy, easy choice. Yeah. But, um, has a tendency to be in some shit waves like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the other, the other uh, decision that I wanted to ask you about is there's been a ton of really prolific surfers come from the East coast of the United States, both contest surfers and free surfers that have achieved the ultimate success in surfing, the vast majority of them end up moving to California. Was that ever on the table for you or how, did you ever move to California for any period of time? Um, the California thing was, was introduced to us when I was getting into the NSSAs. Oh no, you know what? The first one was the BQS, the Vulcan contest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the yeah they did the bqs's on the east coast and that was the first time i got invited to california and do the championships out there and there was like me and like four of my buddies from new york and we ended up like going to i remember going to the lowers for the first time and it was probably like two foot like north wind super shitty but great i was just tripping out how it broke in the same spot every time yeah i was able to like surf it like a skate park you know and i had so much fun but the uh I don't know if it was the walk down or it was just like being excited in California. I was surfing all day, every day on these waves, but that session really put it over the edge. And I had a rash in between my nuts and my fucking ass. And it was <laughs> so bad. Like I, I walked down in my wetsuit, like a true Grom from the parking lot <laughs> and then got there and, and like thought about it, but just put it out of sight, out of mind. The waves are going off. It's like the worst lowers ever, but it's going off. <laughs> And then I I come out of the water and I check it and I'm just like, oh my God, this shit's bleeding. It's the worst <laughs> rash I ever had. 
I couldn't, didn't even think about it until it was time, you know. Nice. But fuck, it was funny though. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The first that was that was the first time I went to California, and then I I I got enough of it, you know. Like I would spend some, I spent a few summers there doing the NSSA nationals and stuff, and that that was awesome to be with that whole crew. And I'm pretty feel pretty fortunate just to even get that that time because those like high school middle school high school days of contests with everybody around and like all the teams buying houses for the competitors and uh, lowers and all that kind of stuff it was like a it felt like a tour event you know everybody was there and uh that kind of doesn't seem to happen anymore like it used to you know like they don't really have those those big summertime events where everybody has to be there and all eyes are looking at it and like it kind of uh faded out it seems but um, I don't know. I, 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 those summers that I spent here were really fun, but it also made me appreciate home that much more, you know, like it was never like, uh, I'm coming out here to surf better waves because we have better waves than them. So yeah. once like, I mean, once you figure that out, you don't really have a desire to, to live there, but, uh, I mean, I, I love visiting for sure. I just, I don't think I could see myself ever leaving the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, now for any of our listeners that don't know, do you live in the city or do you live out like on the Island? No, I was, I was in the city for a couple of years and then I'm back out on Long Island. Now I kind of went from two years in the city, had a hip surgery to repair my labrum. And as soon as I was able to travel again, uh, my spot in Brooklyn, the lease had tripled in price after my buddy, Oh. sold the place so we were like all right that's done we went from like <laughs> yeah two grand a piece to like four forty five hundred a piece or something you're we like all right ouch yeah like and then oh, uh, for Brooklyn. yeah and then but that was pre-covid i heard it's pretty fucking cheap right now yeah it seems like everywhere but, uh, uh, then, so then after that I, yeah yeah everyone i mean long island's through the roof now but I, uh, I'm back in Long Island now. And then, uh, oh yeah. So as soon as I, my lease ran up, I was still in the city, um, staying at my girl's place at the time and I recovered there. And then as soon as I could get on the move and start traveling again, I didn't have a place in the city anymore and I wasn't home for the next like six months. So then I didn't really need the spot in the city, but now I'm back in Long Island, back in Point Lookout and yeah, it's kind of on the same program. Nice, nice. Now, Ben, I, and I just want to bring everybody up to speed. Ben Gulliver um, uh, is also on the podcast, and Ben has done a lot of work with uh, with Ballerum. So, yeah, Ben, you, you feel free to jump in anytime. But what uh, what's your experience, Ben, working with Ball versus you know uh, other surfers that you work with? And um, Ball to me is kind of the guy who just always seems to score, or like even before I started uh working with him and doing trips i was like oh he just kind of seems to be in the right place at the right time all the time and i think that with working with him i realized that the only way he was able to do that is to just like make last minute decisions to fly you know across the world all the time and to get skunked all the time too and uh yeah you kind of you really have to be pretty devoted to go through that because I can't like I, I don't love 
deciding the night before to get on a plane and then fly like 16 hours or like a total of 30 hours somewhere to potentially get waves for 24 hours, you know what I mean? Or whatever, get one, one session. So um, yeah, that takes a certain type of person and a serious amount of drive to be able to live that lifestyle. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm guessing you probably get that from a lot of professional surfers, but it's not a lot of people. You know what though? I feel like the, the, the pro surfers that score the hardest are all, are the guys that get skunked the most. Yeah, totally. For that very reason, they're willing to like take the chance. They're willing to go, go around the corner and look and see there might be something better. There might not be, but there might be. And and then when there is uh, you know, the, it, they make it look really, you know, like they're making the right decision. But uh, behind yeah, the scenes, like, there's there's a lot of it, days walking become, in and looking yeah, and going back to the car. E- it's become a lot of, a lot easier to forecast nowadays, luckily. Uh, and and even just in terms of like finding a zone to surf and then putting all this, making all the stars align. Like like growing up, when I was first really traveling, trying to get waves, it was just like so hit or miss. Like you're fucking especially in the northeast if you're trying to go get waves up there you're going maybe like five out of eight times you're not even fucking surfing you're just oh. scouting and trying to make these tides connect and you just see the potential that could happen and then that fuels you for the next five trips and then yeah so it yeah it, it was it was it's it's sick how it's how long how long it's come or how far it's come but um yeah, it was uh, basically just a drive to get barreled more than anything, though. I think that's all you really need to go to scores. So. Yeah, when like like Ben was saying, like um, at the beginning, um, I think before we started recording, you were talking about how you bought a you bought a ticket. You're in California right now. You bought a ticket to Mexico to fly tomorrow, or was it tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, tonight. I booked it like I don't know. It was like 20 minutes ago now to to fly. So tonight. now, what does a ticket like that run you if you're buying it? literally hours before you leave so i've i've come to learn that every flight i book i'm only booking pretty much within 48 hours of traveling because nine times out of ten if i don't do that i end up spending more money changing the flight gotcha so i right now i i booked a flight to max just whatever 20 minutes ago and i think it was like 400 one way but i only got the one way so that i could leave room to see if I want to stay longer or fly back to California or New York after nice. Kind of yeah, like, who, epic, lives, who lives like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying though, like I like to have a sort of, I don't know. It's nice to have like at least a five days or something to get your affairs in order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I've got to do science now. I just have my board, my wetsuit, a couple, like a little duffel bag and, that's I know. Happy. I love it. Rest I love up. it. That's the way to do it. And I got to say, I, I was expecting it at least over a grand for that ticket. So to, you know, four, 400 bucks one. I mean, that's, that's insane. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, there were, yeah, the whole COVID times too. There's crazy. Like watching flights go down for like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Like, yeah. We, we, uh, we went to Bocas del Toro in February and stayed with um, Scott down at red frog and actually your, your name came up down there. There was a few of your boards hanging in the rafters, but yeah, the tickets were, were super cheap. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah still pretty cheap all around. That's a, that's a good place to get barreled. 
you're looking yeah, for bear. For, for damn sure. <laughs> I was just there too. Actually, I spent a month down there, but I only got one swell and just oh, okay. fishing the whole time. But uh, that's not a bad option either. Yeah, we we had good swell while we were down there, um, but just a little, not quite the right direction. So a little little bit too much for the bluff, but not really like super fun on the reefs, but not like do, going crazy on the reefs. Yeah, um, yeah. Is hey ball. Do you think that is fishing yeah. like the new getting barreled for you? <laughs> Are you moving um, to Florida? I uh, no, no, I, I ain't moving to Florida, but I uh, <laughs> I do. I, I I shot a fish the other day that was like pretty equivalent yeah, to getting insane. spit out of like eight foot barrel. Wow! Like I was fucking. I felt pretty damn excited about it. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of how it's going right now. I mean, I, yeah. I, I booked this trip tonight kind of realizing how badly I want to go get waves because I've been getting just whatever little waves around here and there and mostly fishing and not really worried about it. But now I'm fucking ready. Like, it almost – I saw some shit on Instagram and I was just like, holy fuck, I remember what that is. It's like, yeah. I got to go get a piece of that. <laughs> now, I've, I've probably caught uh, – two or three fish in my entire life and one of them was probably on accident but is there a big difference between uh between spearing something like diving and spear fishing versus like fishing you know with a rod and reel and catching something that way is there a big for you is there a big difference like excitement wise um i mean totally because the spear fishing is super new to me still i only really really got into it last uh like spring so oh, okay I've been fishing my brother my whole life at home and uh, I, I love that. Like, I don't think I'll ever stop doing that, especially with the migrations that we have. It's like, you got to be on the right day, the right week with the right bait. And like, it, it gets technical and it's fucking really fun. But uh, the spear fishing game is just a whole new learning curve again and again. And it's like, I, I like, I'm obsessed with it now. And it, it, it's not even about like, getting the fish necessarily like that's that's your reward at the end but like just the diving aspect of it is, is every time i'm getting a new breath hold time or like seeing a new uh species or something like that it's all fucking so fun i got a book for you it's called yeah. the last of the blue water hunters have you ever heard of this book i have actually somebody else told me about that i haven't uh picked it up yet i gotta get a copy of that oh somebody sound, made it, it sound pretty sick though it's short it's easy to read but it's like a meditation on spearfishing it's it'll absolutely blow your mind if you think you're addicted now just wait until you've read this book wait so that, do you spearfish kevin no uh but i did i didn't very much want to spearfish after that it was one of those like like oh my god surfing sounds like fun i think i'll become an adult learner but yeah, yeah i did not want to put myself in that position of becoming an adult learner ball i think is young enough to where he could yeah. probably pull it off hey everybody kevin here i just wanted to let you know i had a little accident with our microphone wire and our audio quality will decrease a little bit that would be john and i's audio quality for the rest of the podcast but please continue to enjoy and thanks for your patience i mean even still the most frustrating part about it is that i didn't start sooner with this like i have a nephew who's eight who's all in the fishing and we're just gonna getting him in, in the water now like this summer will probably be his first summer trying to shoot a fish wow. and uh 
I'm so excited to get him into it because I'm like, yo, if, if I would have started this long ago, like, I yeah. would have been freaking, you know, like, I can't even that's imagine that. seeing a fish like that underwater at that age, let alone. That's what, every, that's what every adult learner says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah, it, seem, it seems more like hunting, like on dry land, you know, like hunt, hunting an animal. It's, it's, it seems more like bow hunting versus like shooting or something. Um, totally. Where yeah. you're, yeah, like, like you were saying, a lot of the exciting part is way before you ever even see the fish. And then yeah, that, that's crazy. the reward at the end if you actually get to shoot it. So you're just, you're not even in your environment. You're not even in your national environment. And then you're yeah. dealing with like an animal that is like a hundred times quicker than you are. Yeah. The vulnerability you, is pretty trippy feeling. Yeah. Like, I bet. Like, especially I bet. when there's sharks around, like the, the sharks, is, I'm honestly way more scared of sharks on a surfboard than I am underwater because mm -hmm. you can see each other, you know, and like you kind of have a little more of an understanding of what each other is. Are. Sure. Yeah. Are and, and, uh but the solitude you get underwater is like is like the most exciting like solitude you, like i can imagine like the nice. the the best like i like to describe it is like the loudest silence that you can fucking endure you know or experience and uh, uh that, that's, that's definitely one of the most addicting parts about it that's somebody's new tagline the loudest silence oh. yeah. That's a good that's name epic. for the book. Yeah, We're gonna yeah. change, the change the name of the film. What um, what's your breath hold at? <laughs> uh, my, my if I'm if I'm diving if it's like calm calm flat water and I'm diving for a while, I can get up to like an average of like one fifty two minutes. Wow, but nice. uh, in Panama, I went down on a shallow dive and was uh i was down for a while just waiting for something to come around and then i was basically like put my head down and try and like fall asleep and like relax as much as possible i don't think you're supposed to fall asleep though <laughs> no but it's like that relaxing and like yeah, yeah. Uh, your body has enough alarms to where it can go off um, true, too, but true. i but but i i was spending i spent as much, much time down there as i could and then i looked at my watch and i was at two minutes and i was like wow i feel uh eerily okay it's two minutes and i feel fine and like so i just kind of hung out see if there's anything else and then got up to the top at like 2 30 2 35 i think it was wow and uh that was the longest i've stayed down so far That's what do you what do you think healy's the breath holds at uh so i went with Healy once this winter in hawaii um and I was doing like 50 second minute dives at like 60, 50, 60 feet, which, which is like my max, uh, in terms of depth and breath holes at the time. And, uh, he was coming up to me and being like, yeah, like, uh, I'm only doing like one, I'm only getting up to like 130, 140, you know, like that's around what I'm at and I'm doing horrible breath holds and I'm like, that's a pretty good place to start. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then apparently he was hunting a fish and he said he stayed down for like 240, 250. Oh. And then it just yeah. and then on. He was able to do them all like that. He's like a half fish, half fish man. And I, I, I don't know if he hadn't done it in a while or if it was like, it was just shallow water or whatever, but he was, he just, once he clicked in, he had it. He was good to go. Have you had any blackouts yet? No, I haven't had any yet, which which is honestly more scary than having a, had one, I feel like, because pushing these limits on your breath holds, like 
I'm still pretty new to it and new to the feeling. So I don't really know when I should be worried, but I know when I'm struggling, I guess. But I, I, I guess bre- blackouts can happen long before you're struggling. So um, I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't experienced anything like that yet, but it's definitely on my mind. Yeah, when you're down there in uh, Mexico, I won't say where you're going, but I mean, the uh, one of the fellas you're going to meet is a fellow named Trent Schlote. It's Kevin's son. I told you about Kevin, the old uh, uh-huh. grumpy guy that has a lot to say, has a lot of opinions on a lot of things. <laughs> and great guy, but his son Trent is uh, a legit spear fisherman who spent a lot of time with Hopper down in Esqualis. And, oh, and he's got a couple of good unfortunately sad blackout stories that you know he's been in himself and anyway when you get down there give him a sh- you're gonna see him somewhere yeah i'd love uh, to hear about it i mean i i i want to do cancun some- right <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't want me to say but i just want to make sure yeah yeah it's a little south of cancun for the record okay yeah cancun we're gonna score Play it, Car- Carmen. I went, I went, I went there once for a surf trip. Actually, it was a fucking uh, New Year's surfing magazine trip. We went for me, Luke, and Goodell, Luke Davis, and and Dylan Goodell went down for a quick surf trip. Surf, trip, I mean, <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. a solid, just a solid way to burn cash right there. Yeah, yeah we, went, we we landed on New Year's Eve. Like, went to some crazy music festival. Stayed up all night. And the next morning, there was like lookbooks everyone got maybe an hour of sleep because the sun started coming through pretty heavy and then we've surfed whatever you want to call wait there were there were for sure waves it was like it was like a three foot wind chop swell and a lot of good setups but the conditions look like they don't pan out very well very often like that all that wind was the only thing that made the swell and then there was no uh window i guess for any other kind of wind Especially when you're only surfing from three till four in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> you're going straight to the fucking club or whatever the hell they had. Well, we we woke up at one thirty and then we had some tacos and then we the waves were shitty. Yeah. So yeah, we, actually, we celebrated. Yeah, we celebrated. I actually I actually served Cancun. I worked for Oakley for a little bit as a sales rep, and we had our big national sales meeting down there in Cancun and. There was like a there was a little reef right off of the hotel we were staying at, and I can't remember what the name of it was, but you could see like these little waist high lines like roping through, and then and nobody brought boards because we're like we're going to Cancun, and so I pulled there was the the resort we were staying at had windsurfers, and so I ripped the mast off of a windsurfer, and I I won't say I stole it, I borrowed it because I brought it back, but I yeah I. I borrowed a windsurfer and paddled out and surfed this little waist high wave but it was like legit like groundswell it just looked like if it, it looked like if it had you know if it was four feet it would be absolutely epic and yeah. i always wondered like when a hurricane spins through the gulf i'm like dude there's gotta be days where it's good here but i don't know who knows yeah and it looks like it would it could be they get the guys either keep it under wraps or or don't know what they're looking at yeah the, the setups look really good but they say it never never gets good there's there's a reason why it's always offshore in nicaragua <laughs> on the Pacific <laughs> because it's always onshore in fucking it blows right through yeah exactly exactly 
Yeah. So, well, yeah, Paul, tell us a little bit about this uh, film project that you're working on um, with Ben that's coming up this year. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's 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 a bit of a long time coming now with the way things have been going, but uh, it's basically we kind of recovered like all the footage that I have from from when I was younger and a bunch of handy cam footage and hopefully in portrayal of kind of like going from ESAs at home and kind of everybody at home and the little scene that we kind of grew up in to surf and pipe and kind of like bringing what I had at home to pipe and I don't know basically like visually portraying like that whole journey from home to Hawaii and beyond but um my mom was always the 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 kind of support through everything and whether it be waking up at three to surf a contest on Sunday to drive fucking four hours to Atlantic city and back through traffic home. Mm. That was like an every weekend thing to, yeah. uh, being like, a uh, a chaperone to my first trip to Hawaii when I was 12. And she was just kind of like the, the supporter through everything. So hail Mary is kind of a node to that. That's the, Nice. And then as I, as I recall, your, your mom, your mom's, mom's name is Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case the viewers don't already know yeah, all the mom. That's epic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, just sorry, sorry. Like where, where would we be without moms? <laughs> Shout out to moms. Yeah. Shout out to moms guys. Yeah. She's a, she's a, just yeah. an awesome, awesome woman. And um, just uh yeah, true true blue and uh it yeah it's it was easy for the focus to kind of become a little bit more about her because she's just more interesting than ball and so um and she's got more stories but uh no she's she's just a she's a she's an awesome just an awesome woman and um and their relationship is uh something that we can sort of a lot of us can relate to and yeah i don't know it's it's definitely been a long time coming you know the pandemic didn't help us because we were in a great sort of trajectory to finish and then you know me living in canada it's a little bit less lenient than the u.s in terms of travel restrictions and quarantines and all that so it's a little bit difficult for me through 2020 even till now to go and work on the film with ball whereas you know this was a lot easier for for ballroom to just go and and fly uh around the u.s or down to mexico and not have to deal with you know whatever five days in a hotel or two weeks quarantining at home when he got back to new york or california or wherever it was so yeah it's been tricky and and a lot trickier because of my canadianism canadianship and Canadian, <laughs> i don't know what we what we are canadian yeah, it's fun. I, they, 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 I came back from Panama after a month in Panama, and the only test I needed was to get into the Panama City Airport. Coming into New York, I didn't need a test or a quarantine or anything from out of the country. No, I mean, yeah, I flew there in January, and they were just, and I when I crossed the border, they were just like, "Hey, what's up? Yeah, cool." <laughs> you know, I was like, "That was it." Wow. Coming back to coming back to Canada, they're like, they basically just like arrest you and isolate you in like a hotel for like 
three days until you get your test results back that you've been given. And then you go home and uh, you quarantine at home and then they like check in on you. Wow. Full cavity search. Yeah. Full, full on. You're getting, I mean, and they're doing it They're, you know, in their minds are doing it all for the right reasons, but it's just, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing. Cause you, yeah. Yeah. Is, not that, is that changing soon, Ben? Or what's the, I mean, I hope so. I hope so. You know, we're all finally getting our vaccines here, which we're way behind the U S right. but, um, you know, I'm, have mine scheduled and i think once people start getting once older people start getting their second ones in canada then i think things will get a lot better and then obviously numbers going down but sure. yeah i don't know i don't know man they, yeah. they had i did a little spirit trip near panama city on the way out and we flew to this island off of panama city there and the the military was bringing in all the vaccines for the island the people on the island and they were just in these giant, uh, you know, those like giant igloo coolers you see at um, sporting events, like those, whatever, those are those cheap, big plastic coolers. That's what was keeping all the vaccines cold. Wow. Like they just had like melting ice throughout the whole thing. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Because yeah, I know, I forget which, which one, I don't know if it's Moderna or Pfizer, but one of them has to be kept at like some crazy, like negative 80 Celsius. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it really is not uh, very user friendly in terms of like transporting it around the world. Uh, and so uh, going back to to Hail Mary, um, what's the hopeful uh, release date for that? I mean, there was talks of us trying to like be premiering it this summer. And I, again, if things can, if we can figure out, you know, our uh, our schedule here in the next month or so then that is a possibility but yeah there's there's just a few sort of key things that need to be done and they are they're difficult from abroad sure the uh the i know the the there there were hopes on like a fall kind of tour set up um they i mean it, i mean the, the date's been pushed back and then back again and again but the the hopeful kind of like play out plan whether it be this date or not is to kind of get a like a little premiere tour um up the east coast starting in florida and then like north carolina and then throughout the northeast um and have it coincide with Volcom's kind of like old school east coast tour set up but uh obviously that's definitely hard to uh make happen right now but um i mean as long as you start in florida i think you can make anything happen yeah yeah so. well yeah we i mean we've got our uh our you know end of the year uh big two-night film festival event november 19th and 20th and that's full on huh they, of course yeah yeah we have no, no restrictions we're actually doing an event in june another one in august and then the big uh, end of the year one in november so hopefully uh, if you guys uh, are able to get it done, we'd love love to be able to show it at the festival, and we could maybe must be nice, man. We could be the kickoff for the tour. Fuck, that would be epic. Yeah. Um. Uh, going going on going on to a surf story that I enjoy myself because I was there, and uh, I love anything that I can reference that I was a part of. <laughs> um, but. Uh, we went to Ireland and I just, this was such a, was such a great day. I thought maybe Paul could tell you the story of surfing Mulligmore. 
even though I might have already told it to you guys, but if I have, you can just edit it out. Uh, yeah, well, that that was the that was the we went to London for the premiere of of Seawolf. That was actually epic in itself. Just just the reason to go to London to go show yeah. the video, like that was pretty cool. But uh, we went and brought I brought two shortboards, like a three two, some thin booties, and <laughs> expected to surf like a little slab, maybe a rippable wave if I'm lucky, and. We were looking on this maps and we we're like, we were originally going to go to Scotland and they were like, figuring out, oh, let's change it up, go to Ireland. Looks like a couple, like this zone will have some good waves. And it ended up being like the stars aligned in terms of Mullagmore conditions because that place gets so much wind. Yeah. We, we lucked into a day and afternoon that had like pretty light winds. The swell wasn't massive, but big enough to break. And I was got up to the cliff and I'm meet, I'm t- talking to all the ki- kids on the cliff and I'm like, oh, this is epic. Like I'm stoked to like just watch, you know, and see this wave break for the first time ever. And one thing led to the next. The dude was like, oh, you have some, uh, you have a board? And I'm like, no, nah, like I don't have anything. He's like, oh, I got a board. And like his buddy's like, oh, you need some fins? Like other guy in the back's like, oh, I got a vest for you. And I'm just like, uh sure you know like uh uh i i don't i don't think i'm i i have it in me to say no but i definitely didn't expect to go out there at all i was totally content with watching it was fucking pretty bombing and uh ended up going out and getting like like surviving a couple went straight and got pushed down pretty far but it was pretty mellow and finally sat there chipped into one underneath everybody and it turned into being like i don't know like a I don't know, like a 15 footer once it started to drop out. And nice. it was like probably the biggest barrel I've ever gotten to this day. Oh, that's sick. But it was cool. Everything just kind of fell into place out of nowhere. I was like, fuck, all right, sure. Yeah, those are the best when that happens for totally. sure. Totally. And we weren't totally. planning on surfing that wave at all. We literally went there to try and surf two other waves that were horrible. Well, they weren't horrible. I mean, the conditions were horrible. <laughs> Did they run you out there on a ski or did you paddle out? Uh, we paddled. We had a ski out there, but we were, we paddled out from the inside, which is like uh, probably like a quarter mile from start to finish. Yeah, it's a ways. It's a ways Over some there. really deep water. Yeah, scary. Scary water. But it was cool. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, yeah. That wave is, is super unique, though. It, it's like it's a full chip shot. Like you take off on like a six footer that turns into like a fifteen footer on like a big slabbing wow. section. So it was, right it was fun. But yeah, at the at the at the beginning, you were telling me about a story um, from a, a recent trip to. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a wild one. Uh, uh, I don't even know if I want to say uh, uh, we but, get uh trip to the caribbean like I, I yeah i mean i'm sure this it's easy to figure out but uh but anyways i you can just rephrase I went it down um yeah yeah i, I went yeah, down tell me, um tell me about that story you were talking about you know you made a recent trip to the caribbean tell me about that story yeah i i I uh I had I had seen a little swell and me and Seth Conboy and uh Thor Larson who was filming came down. We stayed at my buddy's buddy's house and basically just saw like a fun swell, nothing crazy. 
we're just going to get waves all week, try and catch some fish. And uh, I was surfing at this one spot and I, I had surfed many times before and wasn't like a new face or any other new faces around really. Like it's a popular spot, but there wasn't new faces around and it was maybe chest high on the, on the sets. And I had gotten burned by this one dude that's from there and him and I are around the same age. So we, I guess, had a mutual understanding of each other, but I, he had a bone to pick that day and he burned me and whatever started giving me some shit and trying to send me in. And I'm like, bro, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, like I'm not going in. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And he was just like, basically, all right, you know, like, fucking, all right, you're not going to listen to me. I'm going to go in and tell my fucking six elders and see how that goes so i'm sitting out the back and i i kind of like knew what was coming you know like it's not my first time being in in a position like that you know i've grown up going to hawaii all the time you're guaranteed for some shit like that uh, over in some ways of consequence but uh it happened to happen in some ways tie wind slop and uh i'm sitting out the back i'm sitting out the back and all of a sudden these two dudes paddle up to me and uh they're like, you fucking, you're fucking with us. And I'm like, nah, I'm not fucking with anybody, you know, like no disrespect. And just immediately like comes up to me and fucking cracks me across the face. And the other dude's sitting there and I'm just like, oh fuck, you know, like, all right, like this is how it's going. And, and he's, I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. I start paddling in and he paddles after me. He's like, I want your leash. And I'm like, my leash. All right. He takes the leash. I'm like, I start paddling in again. And he chases after me, grabs my foot. And I'm like, he's like, I want your board. And I like kick his hand out of the way. Fucking he grabs, tries to grab the board. And then, and then we're tug of warring with the thing. Uh, let you know the, the dude's like probably like 20 years older than me. And like had been there for on the beach there for a while. It seemed, you know, and like, I, I like somebody I could typically uh, talk things out with or, you know, like, or figure, figure a, a logical common ground, but it was already too far gone, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So so we're tug of warring with the fucking surfboard. He kicks Cox back like he's going to rock me again. I'm like, all right, take the board. I swim in. Fucking, they're all waiting for me on the beach. Like, three or four of them. And me and the kids square up right away. You know, he comes out to me. I'm like, fuck, what's up? All right, this is how it's going to go down. Fucking, let's go. And we square up for a second. There's, like, three other guys coming down the beach. One with a huge stick. And then um, my other buddy from down there uh came and got in between us real quick so the, the two of us got separated right away okay and, and then his other friends that were all, like uh, a little bit bigger and older came up and they were just like basically just like screaming you know a lot of spanish and i didn't really even know i knew what they were saying i didn't know i don't know spanish that well but i knew what they were fucking saying yeah <laughs> uh, they were basically get the fuck out of here and i'm like i'm walking to my car to get out of there and i fucking i I almost like felt like I sensed it. Like I knew this stick was coming and the dude cracked, <laughs> broke the stick over my back. And I had, I had so much adrenaline going. Like I didn't even really like flinch on it. You know, I turned around the other half of the stick came flying at me and then fucking I'm like, all right, fucking whatever. I'm getting in the car. This is like, I think Seth was in the car already. Thor's whatever on the side with his tripod, I guess in case something. Hopefully filming the whole thing. Nah, fuck no. Uh, it was more like tripod in hand in case you needed to help me survive or something. Wow. But, you know. Um, 
fuck and and then it continued you know like i i went around to the side of the car to fucking get in the thing to leave and uh this is this is probably there's probably like five or six guys now at this point surrounding the car and i'm getting in the car and thor goes yo and i like just barely flinch and duck a punch from the back of the head some kid came flying around with a flying punch you know like they they really like wanted to put me down and put me out for a fucking waist high wave but um i eventually got in the car you know whatever that 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 happened my my phone got tossed my headphones that thor was using got tossed and uh we drove away from that being like it was the most like like weird silence of like what the fuck just happened like how did that just happen so quick you know i was like i i just felt so defenseless and confused i was like how the fuck did that just happen you know like yeah hey I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it and uh and then uh that set the tone for the trip and it seemed to have just like everything <laughs> that could go wrong went wrong throughout the trip like i i ended up fucking getting my instagram hacked which is weird enough to say and oh, wow. it was held for ransom by these russians that were emailing me telling me i needed to pay them 200 bucks within an hour or they're selling the account deleting all the photos and whatever nothing you can do about it so uh, now i'm in this predicament and i'm like all right well i guess i could start a new instagram but that would fucking suck you know like yeah. this is like a big part of what i do nowadays so yeah, that's that's probably a big part of your income yeah totally so i i i pay the i try to pay the guy but he only accepts bitcoin and in order to make a <laughs> transaction with bitcoin i need my phone for the right. security code so i can't do that you know like it's just like one thing to the next what and, is uh, going on it was fucked you know like it was just kept kept rolling and and then eventually i i had to get the Volcom involved and they got my account back without a dime but now I have a Bitcoin account, which I was able to kind of get my hands in, and I was able to make a little bit of money off it at this point. Nice. I would have probably never done without that little scenario. So there's definitely oh, some positives to it. Yeah. Super weird. For the, for the record, that sounds 10 times worse than, than a beatdown in Hawaii on the North Shore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I, I <laughs> I, th- I think it's worse because there's no integrity behind it. You know, right. like in Hawaii, there's a, there's a wave that, that they're trying to protect or there's like a sacred grounds they're trying to protect. Like the place we were at was a really popular zone and like everybody goes and surfs there. It was just like it's a way bone hard. to pick. Yeah. 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 Could have been anyone. So, that would be confusing. I almost would have rather <laughs> – yeah, I would have – it would have made more sense if it was if it was elsewhere. Sure. But I don't know. It just sucks when you're like when you're outnumbered and that, uh, like you know there's nothing you can do, you know? Yeah. I will say fuck, it's a hopeless feeling. Yeah. Yeah, because you can I think we can all take a beating. And like most beatings I feel like they kind of last for a bit until the person's like, Yeah, hey, I beat you. But in that situation you're like, Yeah, you're just like, What are we fighting about again? And they're like, doesn't even matter. Yeah, there wasn't time to even get words out you know like yeah Yeah. there there wasn't even time to be like yo i i like make a case for myself you know like i i I basically got out oh i i have no disrespect for anybody on this beach and that's basically all i could get out and then that the rest of it was just chaos wow but 
I don't know. I I I made some money off the trip from that Bitcoin account, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's having a pretty. It's bittersweet. After after that happened too, we were like, what? Like it can't get any worse than this. So we went to the bar, and my buddy's bar up there was, you know, very consoling to us. We were able to like have a good time the rest of the time and just fucking drank and did it get worse? Uh, had some waves and fish. Nice. Uh. It no, no. Okay, it only got better from there. All right. Which isn't necessarily saying much, but <laughs> it only got better from there. For I sure. mean, there's only one home alive. Bottom, but uh, but I will say, from for yeah. our listener standpoint, it is nice to know, in, in a weird way, it is nice to know that that happens to a guy like yourself, a guy that is, you know is a famous professional surfer. You know, been on the cover of surf magazines all over the world, been in movies. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people think that you guys just travel the world carte blanche and everybody gets out of your way and you don't have to earn no. it necessarily. And so, yeah, it's, it's great. To hear <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it's, it's worse. I mean, it's way worse it, it, if you it, have stickers. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it ended up being uh, a case of I would have been total, totally fine if I didn't have a name or stickers on my board. You know, like that was, I think that was the, the, the fucking star in my head that stood out to everybody. Well, also, I mean, you didn't paddle in, which is what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. I can talk, I I can talk shit. I, thank God. I mean, there's, it's a fucking miracle that I haven't had my ass kicked. I, really, <laughs> I can talk shit with the best of them. And like I said, I mean, I think some dude went to get a machete out of his truck in Selena Cruz for me. Oh, fuck. And he cut me off. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. I know that, that's, yep, that's the same yeah, story. Yeah, I've had that experience all over the world where I got in trouble for going behind somebody. And you're like, I'm not sure that's how it works, but okay, it's your home. And so that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I mean, fuck, I like to get barreled at the most secluded places with the least amount of people. You know, like I know everything about keeping it down low and keeping it yeah. fucking quiet you know like i i ain't trying to blow anybody's spot up or disrespect anybody's spot no matter whether how big or small it is but uh that was just whatever it's one of those times you know like i it's just i had to endure it i guess yeah well whatever what doesn't kill you makes you stronger right yeah yeah it's a great song (laughs) speaking of songs ben you want to yeah ben you you want to play us out of here um uh sure what do you uh oh, yeah, I, I mean whatever well, what kind of no no, no 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 what kind of style are you into there whatever comes to mind i mean okay I'm some sort of like organ music you know okay right. yeah the organ. organ music <laughs> okay you know what while he's getting that set up and uh, enjoying himself there on the screen. Um, yeah, no, we just want to say thanks for taking the time to have a chat with us and, uh, and share your stories and, you know, let us know what you got coming down the, the way with uh, your movie. And um, like I said, hopefully, uh, you know, if you guys do get it done in time for a, a fall tour, um, yeah, we'd be thrilled to be a part of it. However, whether it's the beginning or the end or, or, in the middle somewhere 
um, you know, we, in a normal year, we do four events each year at the film festival. So yeah, whenever it's done, we'd love to show it and have you come down and, and hang out. Have you ever, have you ever been to this little zone much before in New Smyrna Beach? Uh, yeah, I've spent some time down there. I actually used to stay, I haven't been in a little while now, but I used to stay with Noah Schweitzer over there at his crib. Uh, nice. And uh, we did the contest over there, did some fishing, whatever. Dude, we... We went out, we like uh, a buddy of mine, his, uh, his friend that uh, he introduced me to, we go camping with, uh, we go camping together all the time now. He built out like a whole like mixer speaker, like multiple synthesizer setup out of like a big Pelican case. And um, you can, and we just take it out camping with us, like to the river in the mountains. And we bring like an amplifier and plug it into my buddy's truck. And we just bring like a bunch of synths and like lights and stuff and we just have like a little weird like it's not, it's not it's it's not like a rave and i don't want people to picture i don't want you guys to picture a rave most importantly because it's much more like ambient and chill and less like uh hoops and whistles yeah 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 there's not like we're not like dancing as much as we're just like bobbing our heads and sort of uh making weird sounds um, which doesn't sound better than a rave, actually. Now that <laughs> that sounds weird. That sounds really sick, though. In the woods, so, yeah. yeah. Did I did I did I tell you guys the story of when? Uh, sorry, I'm am just keeping you now. But did I tell you the story of when Ball came out and I thought that he had died when we did that boat thing? I feel like I told you that story. Was that when he went and got the anchor or the phone or something? No, that yeah, that was the same trip. But we were all like camping on this island. And we did a bunch of mushrooms. My friend Bo was actually there too. Um, but we we uh, we were camping on this island, and uh, we we got there on this boat that had that also had sort of a sleeping quarters on it. But uh, the captain was staying on the boat, but we were staying on the island. And Ball was there. And we all did a bunch of mushrooms and we're hanging out all day and like whatever, just hanging out on the beach. And in the night we had a big bonfire. But before that, even I think pretty early on in the evening, Ball was like not feeling well or he was just tripping out or something he decided he wanted to go back to the boat even though he had like a tent to stay on i think to stay in he wanted to go back to the boat so <laughs> the captain took him back to the boat and we didn't see him for like six hours but we just went on with the night and then at some point the captain went to the boat at like midnight or one and he was like yo your buddy's not here like ballroom's not here <laughs> and i was like he has to be there and he's like no like the dinghy's here everything's here but he's not here and i was like man he's on that boat you gotta find him and he's like yo this is my boat i know every <laughs> of it. he's not here and and then like he's like i'm like okay i guess i'll call you back and then i'm on the beach with everyone we're all tripping and i'm just like ball fell off the boat and he's gone and this is on me wow and and this goes on for like 20 30 minutes like full like panic like full panic wow and eventually and the boat's like whatever it's like a like couple minutes out out in the in the water but like you know rycam who's the captain keeps calling he's like yeah he's just not finding him and eventually yeah after like 30 minutes he's like hey i got him i'm like where the hell was he And he's like he wedged himself underneath my bed (laughs) and like the captain's quarters and like a foot there's like a solitude foot, foot, like a foot gap and he just squeezed himself under there like a psycho 
and uh, and literally like and everyone fully, threw a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. Dude, everyone was just like sober. They're like, "Yeah, we found him," and everyone's like, "Hey, sweet, like let's go to bed." Because that was horrible. Uh, anyway, it was uh, yeah. It's not. I guess Ball doesn't tell that story because it's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I, needed, I guess I needed to get away. We we'd been drinking a lot the whole time too. Yeah, no, he was, he was maybe a little shell shocked. <laughs> yeah, I was fucked. That's hilarious, man. Dude, have, yeah. have you guys heard the or read the story? It was in the Surfers Journal about the guy, the Aussie guy, no South African guy that fell. Uh, he fell overboard on off a boat doing the crossing and from the from Padang to the Mentawais. Oh, I didn't hear that. It's in the Surfer's Journal. It's a. I'll have he wrote to, a book about it. I'll, fu- I'll find it and, and send it to you. It's. We enough. should write a book about this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ball, ball under the bed. <laughs> yeah. If ball fell off the boat, though, I, he probably would have swam back to shore. I would have been like, really? If, is this the time he got too fucked up? This time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? This was it? Yeah, this guy like a Scooby snack, like a one, like not even a gram of mushrooms and like a couple of beers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would have been fine. That, that guy got food poisoning from something he ate and put on. <laughs> went up to the flybridge to vomit at like two in the morning, and and like was convulsing so hard that he fell right off the side of the boat. Nobody knew, and he treaded water for I think seventeen hours. Jesus Christ. He had uh, like seagulls had like picked his nose raw because he was just. Oh my God. Where only his face was above the water. And like seagulls would dive down and bombard him and pick his nose. He got hit twice by sharks, had like over two dozen jellyfish things. And uh, like basically every charter boat in the Mets is crisscrossing the channel looking for this guy. They find him the next day, 17 hours later. They put him on the boat. They go back to Padang. He gets checked out by a doctor, gets an IV, gets back on the boat, and goes on a surf trip. Wow. I mean, what? Yeah. Like a 52-year-old South African guy that's, like, carved out of marble. Yeah. It's a killer story. I'll find it and send it to you. That's some sort of level of endurance that I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he said he tried to yeah. give up and drown himself twice and he couldn't do it i can't even oh drown himself no no i can't do nothing right <laughs> that's a that story is is horrifying yeah. and uh advise you to never tell that story again you know a lot of you know a lot of Hey, if you can ever count on somebody to tell the inappropriate, gruesome details of a story, it's me every time. Uh, I agree. I love your stories. Don't think for one second that uh, all the gory details are unnecessary. We appreciate them. No, that's what makes a story a story. But um, yeah, it's, it's been great uh, chatting with Ben. He's funny. All him today. He is. He's hilarious. He's got that dry wit. That's he's just nailed. It. He doesn't even know he's funny. No, no, that that's the best kind of funny. Yeah, but yeah, we uh, we're super stoked to have a chat with Ballerum and Ben today, and um, thanks for joining us. Um, as always, we want to thank our sponsors for the Surf Film Festival, 
uh, our presenting sponsor, Monster Energy, uh, Rourke Apparel, Globe Footwear, Dragon Eyewear, Advent Health, Red Dog Surf Shop. The you know one and only Atlantic Center for the Arts, where we will be showing movies on June 18th, we're 99% sure, and 19th. Stay tuned to our website and emails and social media outlets because we have a huge announcement coming out in the very near future if, in fact, it might even be before this podcast is released. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty excited about that. And while you're at that event, you can get a drink in a Yeti tumbler because Yeti is also one of our sponsors. Right, and well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you at the movies on June 18th and 19th. You.